It's a podcast and we do what we want. It's a podcast and we do what we want. Are you singing Miley Cyrus? Is that's that what you I, just said? That's what I thought you were referencing. No, it's my party and I'll cry if I want to. It's like I was singing Miley Cyrus. <laughs> way different than Miley Cyrus. Whoops. Welcome to the Ice Garden. This is the Ice Garden. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Top Shelf, where we keep the hot takes and the hard liquor. I'm Hannah Beavis, here with your co-host, Michelle J. We're going to talk some more Olympic hockey. There was a lot that happened. We're going to get this out before the gold medal game, and we have plans for a gold medal game special that we'll talk about at the end of this episode. Mm -hmm. I'm pumped. It's going to be great. Michelle, what's up? (sighs) What is an up? Right? I don't know. Everything is just everything and everything. That's very not vague at all. I know exactly what's going on. Yeah. My brain's been just fuddled by women's hockey. Also time zones. Yeah. Time zones are (laughs) hard. Especially because I spent this weekend in Chicago, which is in an hour behind Boston. So I was just... You're this just... sounds so pathetic, but so thrown off. <laughs> the one hour was just your tipping point for like. Well, it, yeah, because I wanted to watch the USA Finland game, and I was like, oh, and then it also doesn't help that I got the schedule mixed up in my brain. I was like, oh, great, it's at seven o'clock, and then I was like, oh, wait, no, that's six o'clock, and then I was like, no, wait, it's actually eleven, and I was like, oh, awesome, that means it's actually ten. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was it was a two forty game, right? No, no, they had the ten o'clock. They, the they 10 did o- play at ten o'clock. Your Chicago time, time. Chicago yeah. time, which so, was great. Even though I did end up falling asleep after the, in the middle of the first intermission. I can't remember the last time I've gone to sleep since the, like since the Olympics have started. I can't remember the last time I've gone to sleep before midnight, and honestly, before like one, just because these games are so late, like. I've been kind of sleep deprived for the past week, but especially like the last probably four or five days. Like it's just been brutal. I got like a good night's sleep last night for the first time in a long time. And it's probably going to be the last good night's sleep I get until the Olympics are over. Yeah, I've just, I'm so bad about getting up. Actually, okay, I'm just going to throw this out there because everybody at my day job was making fun of me today. I love to sleep. (laughs) I am asleep by 10 30 11 o'clock almost every night of the week i'm so it's jealous fantastic of, i'm so jealous of you right now you don't even know i can't remember the last time i fell asleep before midnight like genuinely it's fantastic i mean except for the one i mean when usa and canada played i didn't fall asleep until like, Obby. like 2 a.m um, i just laid there and stared at my ceiling and contemplated life and women's hockey for far longer than i wanted to you don't do that every night I mean, usually I'm just so exhausted from hashtag the grind <laughs> that I just pass out. Um, oh, I lead such an exciting life, guys. Uh, what are you drinking tonight? 
The same thing I'm drinking last week. I was drinking last week the Green Owl drink Ooh. beer. The Green Owl beer, just because I like it. Nothing wrong with that. I know. What are you drinking tonight? Uh, this is a Pinot Noir wine. Last week was a Cabernet, I think, and this week is Pinot Noir. But it's it's wine. It's red wine. Listen, no hate here, but do you go through a full bottle? How like quickly do you go through a full bottle of wine? I feel a little attacked by this question. <laughs> don't, don't, because so my thing is that like I drink beer a lot more at home because like I don't want to open an entire bottle of wine for myself. Mm-hmm. Because I, if I drink, if I drink a glass of wine at like nine o'clock or like seven o'clock when I was eating dinner, I would be passed out in like like forty five minutes. Wine is kind of my go-to, so I'd say like if it's a it's a if it's a normal size bottle of wine, and like this podcast helps also because then it means I drink at least one glass, usually more than one, every week. Um, but I'd say I probably go through about a bottle a week. Okay. Um, but like so, but recently, so the last time I went to the the liquor store because in Massachusetts you can't just go to the grocery store to get alcohol; you have to go to the liquor store. Um. Yeah, when you're living in the sticks, I can go to the grocery store and get booze. Okay, I hate you. You moving, gotta move to the city. Moving on. So I bought like I bought like the bigger bottles of wine this time, like not a normal size. So I I don't know if it's twice as big or like one and a half sizes as big. So that's gonna last me a little longer. But like if it's a normal size bottle of wine, that's usually about a week. Okay, that's pretty normal. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about hockey instead of alcohol. Okay, okay, okay. Let's talk about. The Olympics. The, so the NWHL also had games this weekend, but we are not going to focus on those just because there was so much going on in the Olympics and also because there's another podcast on this network that focuses specifically on the NWHL, the Founding Four podcast with Erica Ayala and Mike Murphy. So if you want to hear what happened in the NWHL last week, listen to their podcast. It's excellent. They're excellent. So since the last time we've recorded, we've moved from round-robin play to the games that count. So the way that the women... I think I feel like we need to talk about the way that the women's tournament is structured because a lot of people have been tweeting, or at least in my on my Twitter and a little bit at the Ice Garden, now that we're finally not suspended. Not um, in Twitter jam. Hey! Um, I've been tweeting about like how the tournament works because the women's the way the women's tournament is set up is different than the men's um so the way that the women's tournament works is um the preliminary play kind of determined how the the standings were set up and so group we i think we talked about this maybe already i don't remember in case we haven't it's ranked by the world ranking so that group a was the top four teams in the tournament group b was the bottom four teams in the tournament the two teams who finish in the bottom of Group B play to the death. What? Right. Yeah. So so the way that that's structured, the bottom two teams in Group B did not get a chance to play for a medal at all. In the quarterfinals, so OAR beat Switzerland 6-2, to two, which I really kind of thought that Switzerland... This was, the, this was the game of all the games in the entire tournament, besides maybe USA-Canada and... Finland, Canada, and Finland, USA. Basically, whenever Finland played the top two teams, OAR Switzerland was the game that I was most excited to watch. After we saw how good Switzerland was in Group B to like kick the tournament off in preliminary play, because they were 
excellent. And I kind of wanted to see how they stacked up against Russia. And and obviously it did not quite work out. For Sw- <laughs> it didn't Switzerland's quite favor. go as well as we wanted it. No, but I think I think it was a good test for Switzerland. And I'd like to s- I wish we could have seen them play more than one game. Because I think Switzerland still could have gotten a win. I just, the, their offense has been very good. And I don't know what happened in that game. Like if they just, I think, I think maybe it was a wake up call because, and, and what really bugged me, okay, we're going to talk about this too. What really bugged me was after this game, um, they cut to Eric Halala and Tessa Banam in studio, um, because they were on site and they were kind of breaking down the analysis afterwards. And Tessa Banam, love her to pieces, said that the Olympic athletes of Russia beating Switzerland wasn't a big a big upset. Those were her exact words. And I'm like, listen, I understand that the Olympic athletes of Russia didn't win a game in Group A because they were playing against teams like the United States, Canada, and Finland, who were all very good. Switzerland didn't lose a game in Group B because they were playing teams like Japan and Korea and Sweden, Mm -hmm. who are not very good. It was a little bit of an upset that Switzerland beat Sweden. I'll give them that. But, like, OIR was clearly the favorites going into this game. And oh, it yeah. was And it was very frustrating to, like, listen to a person who's, like, a mainstream media, like a lot of people are listening to, say that this was an upset. Because it was not. No, I don't think it was either. I think it goes back to some of the things we've talked about before, where an expanded Group B would really benefit mm-hmm. play. Because we would have... Maybe we would have been able to see this pairing a little bit more, which I think would have showcased the, I don't want to say the differences in group A and group B, but I think it would have made things a little more fairer. I don't know what I'm trying to say now. I guess, I think a lot of people are hung up, they're looking at like the results of the last Olympics and using that as a benchmark for this Olympics. Like, yeah. people were talking about, you know, Sweden's a medal favorite. And, like, okay, if you look at 2014, yeah, they were a contender for bronze. But, like, if you've looked at any of the world championship results and you've paid attention, especially to how they did in this last world's tournament, mm-hmm. they were not a favorite to medal. Like, no, they, not at all. They were maybe, they had an outside shot if they were able to, like, uh, maybe beat somebody in the, beat Swinland or Russia in the quarterfinals or the semis, but, like, they were not a favorite to medal, but that's how people have been talking all Olympics, because that's because that's where they were in twenty fourteen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that comes down to the fact that like a bigger it speaks to a bigger problem in women's hockey, in that we really even like the I would call us you me most of the people at the Ice Garden like hardcore fans right Mm -hmm. and then there's like your casual fan that only watches it at the olympics which like is fine i'm a casual curling fan right i have to look up the (laughs) rules every single time um but then there's the media like i would call like the intermediate fans that are somewhere between there they probably watch college hockey they know people players but like even the intermediate fans don't realize that worlds happens every year yeah you know, and I think that speaks to a bigger problem with women's hockey where just like there's not enough the the knowledge base and the awareness just isn't there. So people 
the only thing they have they they think the only thing they have to go off of is the last Olympics, and they don't realize how much has changed in four years because in so many other sports that like casual fans watch, you can compare year over year. You're not comparing like four over four. Yeah, and it, and it's frustrating to me, I guess, too, because like um, as someone who so I follow figure skating also, or I have this past year very closely, and like. Uh, Johnny Weir and Tara Lipinski have been doing the, and um, Terry Gannon have been doing the commentating for most of the Olympic figure skating, and they they also do the commentating for NBC for like every major um, competition, or they have this past year leading up to the Olympic Games. So these are skaters that they see regularly, and so they know when they come to the Olympics and they have the the big stage and everybody's watching them, they have that experience and they've been watching these skaters so they know storylines going into the olympics mm-hmm. because they have watched them skate recently like tessa Bonham and erica lawler you know erica plays in the nwhl tessa is a former cwhl player and she's done commentary before on like cwhl games and stuff like that so but like they haven't been following i think outside of north america some of these other teams so they might not know mm-hmm. but, but like also that kind of tessa was at worlds so i don't understand how she doesn't see that the olympic athletes of russia and switzerland aren't on the same page unless maybe she was only working certain games or whatever i mean women's hockey's not her top priority i get it she works like men's hockey games too it's it's just frustrating for, for yeah. someone who kind of was hoping that we'd get some like intelligent Maybe that's not the right word. Accurate. Informed. Better informed. It, better informed is the right word. It's some informed women's hockey commentary, and we've been getting a little bit mixed. Mixed back. Yeah. And I I wonder if the, like, weird range of popularity has to do with, like, you're talking about, like, figure skating versus women's hockey. Like, it's easy. Like, okay, so I would say... And, like, I'm a former figure skater, like, a former high-level figure skater, so I'm not, like, trying to diss women, like, figure skating. But, like, I would call figure skating more of a niche sport than women's hockey. Yeah. But I would also say it's a little bit easier to just, like, casually watch and know if someone did bad or good. Because, like, if you fall, you did bad. If you don't, you probably did good. It's a little more objective. I think you're right. Yeah, and and also like the on the international scene, like the Grand Prix series, like you see, I feel like they have more opportunities to showcase their skills. Whereas women's hockey, we get the Four Nations Cup, which isn't everybody in the world. It's just um, four nations. Yeah, it's U.S., Canada, Finland, and Sweden, and then we get Worlds once a year, and then the Olympics every four years. And, like, the U18s also happen, but, like, that's kind of a different thing. And then there's other, like, kind of, there's there's the Nations Cup, which is some teams, but not all. Like, it, like it's much, it's much kind of harder. There, there's less clearly defined events where you can kind of see how everybody stacks up next to each other. Basically, you basically get worlds. Yeah. Just to see everybody, the top eight nations. And, like, in figure skating, world rankings are so much easier because you're competing so much more Mm -hmm. and you're also like because it's because I think it's a little more niche it allows Tara Lipinski and Johnny Weir to like very much specialize in just being 
figure skating broadcasters. Whereas we see Tessa and the other broadcasting crew splitting their time, probably more like 80-20 to men's hockey to women's hockey. Yeah, because I feel I, there's not really a Johnny Weir or Tara Lipinski of women's hockey. Yo, who would you want that to be, though? Me. Okay. I meant, like, <laughs> us, former The athletes. two of us. Uh, I want former? Or, like, because yeah. I want Liz Knox to do commentary uh, because she's been great on Twitter. I think she'd be a f- fantastic broadcaster. Um, I like Tessa and Erica. Um Tessa, Tessa knows what she's doing broadcasting wise. Erica, you could I think tell is was a little um, new newer to it or doesn't do it every day. But she did she a gets job. a little rattled easy easily. Yeah, I think if she did it more, she'd she'd be fine. I like Tessa. Who else would be good at this? Mm, Haley Wickenheiser mm-hmm. because she she tells you she tells it like it is, man. She doesn't hold back. I I think she'd be a good analyst. Uh, Tara Watchhorn. Ooh, yeah. Who's currently the assistant coach at BU, and I forgot until I saw her on the bench. <laughs> um, She'd be good. Hmm. I have enjoyed AJ Maletsko. Maletsko. I can't say her last name. I feel like you, Mich- I feel like you, Michelle. <laughs> uh, she's been good. She's gotten better, I feel yeah. like, as, as the tournament has gone on. She's gotten better at color. Ooh, 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 ooh. Brianne McLaughlin. Ooh, yeah. She'd be good. Yeah. I'd also be interested, um, another goalie is uh, Brittany Yacht. Oh, shit. I'd be really interested because, like, we've talked about this before. Like, in me, like, in my eyes, to me, she's a very good locker room leader. And from, like, what I've been able to garner, she seems to have a good handle on the game. Mm -hmm. And I'd be very interested into hearing her analysis i purposely said that wrong because <laughs> I, like, I couldn't come up with the word fast enough i was like listen of all the things you've mispronounced on this show that's the worst <laughs> i and i'd be really interested in listening to her break down the game there you go um yeah we're gonna go with that um yeah she'd be a really good coach she would also be an excellent analyst we've seen uh carolyn Ouellette on cwhl broadcasts i would like i, would, I know she's still in the game I would like Carolyn Ouellette and Marie-Philippe Poulin to be Yo. a broadcast tandem just because the entire show would be them complimenting the other. And I would yeah. love it. I wonder if Ju- I wonder how Julie Chu would do. Yo, Ooh. Carolyn Ouellette and Julie Chu oh, broadcasting With, um, a USA-Canada game. Absolutely, yes. Also with their baby. I'm blanking on her name. Liv. What is her name? Liz. Liv. With Liz. Oh. Liv. Liv. Liv, 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 Liv. With live with them, dressed in like half Canada, half USA gear, like a little Canada hat and a USA onesie. Anyways, <laughs> don't cut any of that. That was great. No, it was excellent. But we started talking about results, and then we totally veered the topic. So I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try and like very quickly kind of hit. I feel like we've kind of it's it's too late to go into depth for each game, but that's okay. So OAR beat Switzerland in the quarters, and then. Finland beat Sweden 7-2, as we expected, in the quarters. Thought maybe Sweden might have a hot goalie. It didn't happen. They've been quite bad this tournament. Um, So then we went to the semis. And that was... So USA and Canada both got buys because they were 1-2 in Group A. So that meant Canada faced 
OAR, and USA faced Finland, which I know a lot of people were talking about that USA-Canada preliminary game not really meaning anything. It did mean a lot, though, because OAR, to me, was the, I, I don't know if I want to say significantly easier opponent, but if the USA had been playing OAR, I don't think I would have been super nervous about the game, but because USA was playing Finland, I was very nervous about Nora Ratu stealing a game. Really? Yes. Finland huh. terrifies me. <laughs> see, see, I was the opposite. Are you I was like, holy what? shit, yeah, they got Finland. Solely? Okay, so what? part of, not solely, but partially because in the preliminaries, USA came out and went down to Finland immediately. I would say, yes, okay. So, USA yeah. was going to come out in the semis and be like, fuck no, we can't have another shitty game mm. against Finland. Okay. And they're going to turn it up to 110. Okay, which they were which like they did. And we talked about this on the last one too, but like USA kind of just like outweighted OAR. They like let OAR play themselves, you know. And then once OAR tired themselves out, they were like, "All right, we'll turn it up now. Like we'll play and score a bunch of goals." But for me. OAR's defense is a lot scarier against the USA because they had such a good... Hmm. I wonder if you call it trap defense in hockey. Like, they very much swarmed USA at the blue line and didn't let them get a lot of zone entries in that preliminary game. You know who they remind and... me of? Sorry, who? I don't mean to interrupt. Um, the Riveters in Season 1 of the NWHL. Because you remember, like, the Boston Pride had a lot of USA players that year, and, like... The, the games they lost were against the Riveters because yeah. the Rivs clogged the lanes up and, like, clogged up the neutral zone and just didn't let USA get – USA, Boston <laughs> get get set up. And so it was they, – they weren't able to play, like, their usual style. Yeah. And so, and so I think Russia maybe reminds me of – OAR reminds me of that. Yes, and that's why when USA was going to take Finland in the semifinals, yes, if Nora Ratu – had stood on her head, USA probably, hopefully, maybe, <laughs> still would have found a way to score on her. But I felt like with OAR's defense, they could have frustrated USA to t into taking stupid penalties. And then OAR could have capitalized on that. That's, that's, that's a good point, honestly. Because... We have seen USA get frustrated and take stupid penalties. When when USA loses, I feel like it's because they beat themselves. They yes. they try to be too cute, they try to do too much, and they end up frustrating themselves, taking dumb penalties, and and they beat themselves. Uh -huh. And that's a really that's a really interesting point. I had never really thought of it that way. That OAR could do that, and because Finland, I think, is is skilled to the point where they're trying to play more the style that USA Canada are, more like wide open, more mm -hmm. quick breakouts, you know, transition game type deal. And and, and like I don't think I don't think you can beat USA and Canada at their own game yet. But you I have think, to yes. play opposite of them, which is what OAR well, they did in the USA OAR game and had me worried. That is so interesting. I've never thought of it like that, but you're right. I think you're right. So I was not worried. I was. I was it, also very happy because I got to go to bed after the second period. <laughs> what was what's interesting to me, and as as we go into these these medal games, what's interesting to me in the semis is that these two 
games ended up playing out almost exactly the same. So USA uh-huh. beat Finland 5-0. Canada beat the Olympic athletes of Russia 5-0. The, the shot ratio was very similar. Um, I think USA, and honestly, it might be the same number of shots. I think they both faced 14 against, I'm going to look that up. It was, they were both low and they were both in the teens. Um, Canada and USA both looked, you know, really strong. There wasn't really any question. I knew Canada was going to beat OAR, um, or I suspected. I didn't think that USA would have that kind of a showing against Finland, but as we said, clearly they did. They turned the offense on, Mm -hmm. which they haven't done in every game. But it was it was a very similar semi for each team, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. And so now and so now we've got this setup. We all, and we also had more more classification games. Uh, Switzerland beat Japan one zero, which was a little surprising. I thought they were going to score more against Japan. Japan actually outshot them in that game, uh, which is kind of surprising. Hmm. But. So I think I don't know I don't know if that speaks to how much Japan has improved or how far Switzerland still has to go, even though their offense has kind of been a breakout star this tournament. Um, it's kind it was kind of an interesting game, but so Switzerland finishes fifth, Japan finishes sixth, their highest ranking ever in an Olympics, uh, and then Sweden beat Korea. Although I would like to say so Sweden beat Korea six to one. I would like to say the one goal that Korea scored was the prettiest goal they've scored all damn tournament. And I watched the replay and my jaw dropped because of how sick it was. It was a power play goal and their captain, Jung Ah, mm-hmm. their captain, um, had the puck and she went behind the net and she was skating left behind the net and she sent an, a pass right the way she had come to a streaking uh, Korean forward whose name I did not write down, number 17 on the roster. Sujin Han. Who just, like, the two of them must have been, like, telepathic because the way that this play played out, like, Sweden didn't have a prayer. It was beautiful. And, like, and their captain for me has been one of their better players in the tournament and along with Marissa Brandt, um, who had the assist on... Uh, Korea's first goal against Japan. So even though they lost six to one, like pretty handily, it it was nice to see them on this kind of stage because I think no, if they weren't here, you know, we wouldn't be talking about Korea women's hockey for a long time. And now maybe we start to see more investment into the sport. I was impressed that they scored two goals. Um, it was and against Sweden, I know, like yeah, that's that's a big deal. Oh, yeah. Uh, I know in our Olympic preview podcast, I had advocated for not just, like, handing the host country a spot. Because, mm-hmm. like, I kind of think that's not cheap, but, I mean, they got pretty much blown out in every game. Yeah. Um, I think watching the, like, watching the games back, I get it a little more. I still am not a fan of it. But, and I, I also, but I also wonder, like, if the unified Korean team had something to do with the, like, big hoopla around it. 
the, the story of that team seemed very much not whatever they did on the ice and more the fact that the unified Korean team existed at all, which I wasn't a huge fan of. It seemed very, like, marketing yeah. focused. Like, it was very much like, look at this. It's a unified Propaganda. team. Um, kind of cool, though, that goal... The Unified Korea team's first goal, uh, that puck is going to the uh, place of special things. I was waiting to let you say it, but I like place of special things better than Hockey Hall of Fame. That's what it's called, the Hockey Hall of Fame. No, I don't know why I just forgot the name of that. It's not called the Hockey Hall of Fame anymore, it's called the place of special things. The place of special things. <laughs> you know, in all the trips we've taken to Toronto together, I'm surprised we've never gone to this place of special things together. Have you, have you ever been there? I have. I ha- um, back I when have my too. brother was playing hockey, we went, but... I feel like we've had time to go, but just never gone. So now we have the gold medal game. By the time this podcast is up, although I might try and post it tonight instead of tomorrow morning, the bronze medal game will have already been played. They play at 2.40 a.m. Eastern Time uh, tonight. We're recording on Tuesday, so it will be early Wednesday morning when they're actually playing. And that is Finland and the Olympic athletes of Russia. Let's do. Uh, we don't. I don't think we need to talk about like a whole preview. But let's do predictions. What do you think? Who do you think is going to win? What do you think the score is going to be? Hmm. I don't know why my hold music is constantly Harry Potter music. I'm not complaining. Um. For me, Finland, and I think it's going to be five to two. Wow, I think I I am I have been on the Finland hype train. I'm blaming Meredith Foster for it, but I really do think they're the better team. I think Noah Ratu has a good game. I think the Finland offense has a good game. I don't. I, I think Russia keeps up with them maybe for a period and a half, two periods, but I just don't think they can win. So I think Finland will win as well, but I don't think. The score will be five to two. I think it'll be much closer, uh, if only because I feel like both of these teams have kind of run out of steam. Ooh, interesting. Um, not in terms of like compete level or anything, but like you basically just played three, four, five. This is what game six, game five, game six in like. The two weeks. Eight or nine days? Yeah. That's a lot. I'd be tired. I'm tired just thinking about that. (laughs) I'm tired just trying to watch that many games. (laughs) That's So I think Finland will win, but I think it will be much closer than uh, 5-2. For reference, Finland beat OAR in the prelims 5-1. I'm going to go with 3-2. Three to one. Three to one Finland. And the gold medal game, which oh. we well we we made predictions last week. We made we, predictions in the first we, first episode. Not the first episode, the preview the, the, episode. The Olympic That's preview. what I meant. Do you okay, so we made predictions already. I think you picked USA, I picked Canada. I did. 
Mostly because you and Meredith both picked Canada, That's and I true. wanted to be right. So let's say instead of making new predictions, would you change your prediction? You still think USA is going to win? Yes. I think USA is going to win, and I think they're going to win because they seem to have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. Hmm. I think going down to Finland in the first game was huge because it proved to them that they were beatable. Um, I also think they have a chip on their shoulder because there's been so much talk about the fact that it's the 20th anniversary of them winning. It's like, I feel like we hear about that and Sochi like every other commercial break. I I say commercial break in quotes because there isn't actually a commercial break, which means if you have to pee in the middle of the game, (laughs) sorry. Um, I'm not bitter about that at all. You sound super bitter about that. Um. Listen. Commercial breaks were made for like very few reasons, and they're I, I I really abhor them most of the time, except for when I really have to go to the bathroom. Is this TMI? Sorry, listeners. I don't I don't think I'm going to cut this. I think this has to stay. Here. You shouldn't. It's okay. I rally about it all the time. Anyway, um, so commercial breaks are for sprinting to the bathroom, but um, actually, and USA is going to win the gold medal game. I yeah. here's the thing. I might have changed my mind about my prediction, but I don't want to say it out loud because I don't want to jinx it because that's the kind of person I am. But you kind of just did because you said, I think I changed my prediction. But I didn't actually say the words about who I thought would win. You're weird. So it doesn't count. Hello, it's Hannah. I'm super superstitious about everything, including this. So I'm not going to actually... I'm not superstitious. I'm just a little stitious. (laughs) I've had too much alcohol to drink. Do you know what that's from? No. Oh, okay. Well, if you listen and you know what it's from, please tweet at me and don't make me feel sad. Tweet it at me. such a great... Tweet it at me because I don't know what it is. Reference. Um, is it, is it, what is it, shit, what is it from? It's a it's, pop culture reference. Okay, right, is it from a movie I've probably never seen? No, it's from a TV show. It's from a TV show I've probably never seen. Probably. I'm not superstitious, I'm just a little, I'm going to freaking Google it, now I want to know what it is. I'm just a little stitious. What the, wait. You're, I'm going to get judged. <laughs> I'm going to get judged by this guest no matter what it is. God damn it. Is it a Disney Channel? No. Oh, okay, good. So I'm just not going to say Completely anything. different network. Did you think it was from Miley Cyrus, or uh, Hannah Montana? This has been, this episode's brought to you by Hannah Montana and Miley Cyrus, which is apparently <laughs> on Hannah's mind. What are we talking about? Gold medal Oh, you being superstitious. Yeah, um, me being superstitious. Um, yeah. So okay, question. Answer. Who starts in goal for Canada? And the U.S. Zabados and Rudy. Easy. Huh. Uh, because I finally think that I know what's going on inside Rob Stauber's head, and if Zabados yeah, does not have shop, fun with that, I know. And if Zabados does not start for Canada, I also realize that we were saying Zabados for the entire episode last week, but that's because she tweeted. Somebody asked her how to pronounce her name, and she said Zabo D O S instead of two S's, and so I thought that it was Zabados, and then I was watching. Um, Canada play and they were saying Zabados and I'm like okay I trust the broadcasters and I think I just read that tweet wrong it's Zabados but also 
They say Poulin like it has an A instead of an I. That's how it's supposed to be said. That's the French. What the fuck? It's the French pronunciation. <laughs> I've been saying it wrong. Poulin. Since like 2012 then. Before we move on, we, we had a couple things we wanted to talk about. So the first thing, we, so, so Michelle and I both have, uh, we both are mad online about. When aren't we mad online? That's freaking true. But we, we both have specific things that we wanted to mention on the show. And so we're going to skip the mailbag this week just because um, some of the Olympic questions that we got, we want to use as, an, as Olympic wrap-up questions. So we're going to save those for after everything has ended. But also because we wanted to have more time to talk about a couple of things that bothered us. And I use bother very um, loosely. Because so that's a nice way to put what we are. It's a very polite way of saying pissed, which is what we really are. So the first thing we wanted to talk about was a tweet. And if you are a women's hockey fan and listening to this podcast, you probably know what we're talking about. But if you're just listening to this podcast and you're a, a new listener... Um, or my you, dad. Hi, dad. Hi, Michelle's dad. Or you don't follow women's hockey or you somehow were not online when this tweet kind of blew up last night... Um, there is a TSN hockey. I don't. Even, I don't know what he does. Um, something with TSN. A man. Um, there was a man who did a stupid <laughs> thing online about who thought he could talk about women's hockey, and as usual, it went horribly wrong. Per the huge. Per the huge. Uh, Gary, he got ratioed so hard. It was beautiful. God, I hate that I just said that. No, but you're so uh, you're so right. Uh, Gareth Wheeler from TSN put out a tweet, put out a poll on Twitter. A poll tweet. A poll. The tweet reads: Should women's hockey be removed as an Olympic sport with a Canada USA Summit Series as a replacement? The answers for this poll were yes, no, or wait and see until 2022. Dear Gareth, here's the thing. We talked a little bit. We had a question a couple episodes ago in our preview episode. And the question was, would women's hockey survive without the Olympics? And I kind of was like, a, well, I guess it could. It could survive without it. And I'm looking back on that now. And I'm, but, I, but the question was not, should we remove women's hockey from the Olympics? It was, will, would women's hockey survive without the Olympics? And the answer to that question is yes. It would survive, but, like, it would not grow, which I think we talked about. And yes. and this And this tweet is so just ignorant of, like, what the Olympics brings to women's hockey. Like, not just the USA and Canada. Like, in freaking general, it's so ignorant of, like, how much it brings to the game that I can't even stand it. I think, like, one of the things... Because that's a good point that we did talk about, would women's hockey survive without it? But one of the key points of our discussion in that was we talked about the European leagues and the growth of those. And we, we've we talked in depth in previous episodes as well about watching players go over to the Swedish league. And, um, oh. and so to me, like, those are reasons why, like, women's hockey in theory could survive without the olympics is because we hinge it on the fact 
that there's so much worldwide participation and the growth of women's hockey is becoming worldwide. But this tweet, Gareth's tweet, specifically just narrows in on North American women's hockey. Yes. Which, like, no. It's, it's yeah, it's very much like, oh, USA, Canada, da-da-da-da. Not taking into account, like, how different the resources are allocated, like, in... in yes. And also, like, freaking, oh, so we should just bail on women's hockey? It's been 20 years since it's been an Olympic sport, and you're not happy with where it's at, so we should just walk away and leave it alone and not do anything to it? Like, Gareth, shut up. Um, I went through i went back and i looked at the history of men's hockey in the olympics um and i looked at how teams did in the beginning because women's olympic hockey is 20 years old this year right it started in 1998 there were world tournaments before that but not a ton so i went back and i looked at the men's hockey tournament it started in the olympics in 1920 canada won the first four olympic games 1920 24 28 32 it got silver in 36 and then it won gold in 48 and 52 so the first one two three four five six seven olympic games they got either they got six golds and one silver uh usa got silver in the first two olympics did not participate in the third got silver again in the fourth got bronze was disqualified in 48 for doesn't say why and then got silver again the next two olympics so for the first seven years or the first seven men's olympic tournaments it was usa and canada and nobody else was close so i want you to take your hot take gareth and shove it out a window because it's horseshit the the way the best way to grow the women's hockey game is putting it on a stage where everyone can see, where the results show federations that it's worth investing time and resources into the women's game to improve it. Like, Switzerland is going to go back after this Olympics game, and its federation is going to go, wow, you guys did really well. Maybe we should put some more time and energy. Like, I don't like, I don't know if that's actually how it's going to go, but, like, hockey participation skyrockets after the Olympics. Like, it's, it's when people see it. And taking it away is the worst thing you can do. Exactly. And I think, like, your point about, it, um, like, energizing federations and, like, governing bodies and uh, national governing bodies is so important, too. Because, like, we've already seen that with Finland allocating more and more resources to their women's national program and their women's national team. And they're doing better. Mm-hmm. You know, we are seeing a rise in uh, a middle section. Freaking look at look at China. And I know there's like so there's so, 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 so many nuances. And when you look at like the Chinese Hockey Federation and what they're doing to prepare for the 2022 games, and it's so freaking complicated. And we could talk for 100 episodes about how complicated it is. But like they know they're going to the 2022 games. And that is what has spurred them into investing like are they doing it correctly? No. Should they have probably started a couple years ago? Maybe. But, like, they're putting a shitload of money and resources into building their program because they're going to the Olympics. Because they know they're going to have a huge stage and they want to look good. And so, 
They're they're investing in the program, and the, and if the Olympics don't exist for like teams outside, like if you just if you just look at the USA and Canada in a summit series, sure it's entertaining for the North American fans and teams, but then you're not investing globally in the sport, and that's horseshit. And you're also like by extension not investing globally in female and women athletes and sport in general. Like that's not something you want to see. Somebody tweeted Andrew Berkshire, um, formerly of, I don't know if he still writes, formerly of Eyes on the Prize, currently at Sportsnet, uh, tweeted, what I don't get about this this talk about women's hockey not being in the Olympics is nobody's talking about the, the basketball, the men's basketball team being taken out of the Olympics because it's so different. And I'm like, do you see, do you see the difference? Because I see the difference. One's women's sport mm-hmm. and one's a men's sport. I see a big, like, no shit, we're only talking about the women's hockey teams. Yeah. So many, so many things wrong with this tweet. I just, and and what I did appreciate was that so many people on Twitter just took him to task. Oh, yeah. They were like, Gareth, stop. And maybe this was also because, like, women's hockey Twitter, like, retweeted and jumped on him. I love women's hockey Twitter. But it was 82% voted no. Yeah, what it, what I loved was that he actually did the poll, and so you could like actually see the numbers and like yeah. to the twenty percent or however many percent who voted like yes, do you, do your research like freaking no, just no, just no. Uh, I would, and we've talked about this before. I would love to see a different format where maybe like we don't see. I don't know. There's so many nuances. I would love to see a different format, and I would love to see... I loved the This Is Now tour. Yes. Here's the thing. I love the idea of a Summit series. Cover it. Mainstream media. Fucking cover it. We look at you. If you're going to talk about, oh, we should have a Summit series, they had the Time Is Now. There were six games. Send your media to cover it. Like, or Sweden and Finland. I would love to see like a three game series or a seven game series because they yes. don't like each other either. And let's have people actually talk about it because there's so many storylines in the women's hockey sphere that just aren't being covered by mainstream media or like media at all. And I'm sorry, the Ice Garden, I love it. We can't do it all. Like the women's hockey reporters who are like the diehard reporters and who go to the world tournaments and cover like stuff regularly, it's not usually their full time job. Mm-mm. Like it's it is hard to do it. Mainstream media who get paid to do this and it's their literal only job, step up. Seriously. Like I mean Hannah and I you see Hannah and I like going to tournaments, like when we went to Worlds, but that requires us sinking a significant not necessarily significant but sinking financial no. into it Same. and it is significant we yeah. pay a lot of money to go travel and cover women's games we do we do yeah and also like taking time off our day jobs and taking time away from other things that could potentially be making us money and it's just we don't it, it, as much as we'd love to think that the ice garden reaches 10 million people a day Definitely does not. We we get the numbers. It does not reach ten million. It does people. not. <laughs> if if you are out there, ten million people, read us. I don't know <laughs> why I'm saying this so weirdly. Oh God. 
Also, like, if you're going to cover women's hockey, please stop covering the same exact story. Like, everybody knows about the Brandt sisters now. Whoa. I, like, I get, like, that's an interesting story, and I understand that during the Olympics, like, you you try to focus on, like, the, the – it, it's, it's interesting. I get it. But, like, a lot of the pieces that I've been seeing in the mainstream media are very much it's USA, Canada. Nobody is talking about literally any other team, and that's so frustrating because Alina Mueller is a great story. Nana Fujimoto for Team Japan is a great story. And Team Japan, in general, has improved a lot this tournament. Team Sweden utterly collapsing is an epic story, if, oh, not, yeah. if not a great one for the for the Swedish fans. But, like, everyone's like, wow, Sweden should have been in medal contention. And I'm like, are you paying no. attention? No, they're not. And this is such an, it's such an interesting, there's so many storylines. But I think that segues nicely into what else we want, what I wanted to talk yeah. about. Yeah, why don't you, yeah, what else did you want to talk about? So, one thing that's been talked about every US every time USA or Canada plays is the lack of acknowledgement of the NWHL and the CWHL. Um, lots of people are real mad about it. And I know Hannah's one of them. <laughs> I'm mad about a lot of things, let's be real. <laughs> and it's not that I'm not mad about it. I want to put that out at the front. I'm annoyed by it. It annoys me. But I'm not quite as annoyed as everybody else, which is probably a hot take. I, I want to give you time to explain why. We were, we were talking about this before the podcast, and I was very surprised to hear that that's what you thought. And I want, and I want to know why. I want to know more. So I've spent a lot of time. So I've felt this way since the beginning of the tournament, since the beginning of the Olympics. Like, it hasn't bothered me as much as everybody else, but I've never quite been able to figure out why in my own head. And I think I spent a lot of time today at my day job. Hopefully nobody from work is listening to this. <laughs> uh, trying to think through it. And obviously, like, I would love it if they were like, oh, Hillary Knight, formerly of the Boston Pride and the Boston Blades. But to me, Hillary Knight is a prime example, and, and Megan Duggan especially as well. Um, women's hockey professional leagues are kind of confusing. And I also think being home with my parents who live in the Midwest and bless them, they try to understand what I do, but they get very confused because there are two leagues. And it's not even that it's like super nuanced. But if you think about it, an announcer in a game during play-by-play or caller will have mere seconds before the play moves on to a new player. So how do you say Megan Duggan, formerly of the Boston Blades of the CWHL, the Buffalo Boots, and the Boston Pride of the NWHL, and not totally confuse your viewer? It's much easier to be like Megan Duggan of wherever she played in college. Wisconsin? Was she Wisconsin? It's much easier to be like Gigi Marvin of War War War, War, War Road, Minnesota, where freaking Izzy's. I know more about the bar in War Road, Minnesota I than I do the pro leagues. Pierre but McGuire. I think it's because it's a lot quicker of a talking point for broadcasters when the game is moving so fast, and we already complain about the broad. I mean, of. The broadcast is, is terrible. Like, let's just say that from the start. I, I, I do, I do want to say it's gotten better. It's still not good. It's gotten better. I yeah. I yelled. We yelled a lot about it in the 
Canada prelim, Canada USA prelim game, but I did notice they did get a little better. The Canada USA really prelim was brutal. It has gotten better since. We already kind of like get mad about the play-by-play and the color and Pierre talking about mm. not things that are going on on the ice. And I feel as if trying to talk, trying to cram in all of the professional information would get confusing for the casual fan or even like the medium fan. Here's okay. Here's my counter to that. I think it's fair to say that if you were to try to explain everything that's going on in the women's hockey landscape, you can't do that in play by play and you can't do it in color commentary. It live TV is too fast. I understand that. However, I do think it's possible for you to drop in and I mean like if we're using Megan Duggan as an example you don't have to go through and list every team she's played for Megan Duggan who was most recently on the Boston Pride of the NWHL and the casual fan who might not know what that is would go might go huh what's the NWHL and google it as someone who's a diehard women's hockey fan but a casual almost anything else fan if I'm watching the Olympics and I hear something if I'm interested in a story and there's something that I don't understand about it, I will, like, Google it. I'll look it up and be like, oh, I kind of want to know more about this. I'm, like, semi-interested or whatever. And I think there's time in the broadcast to drop, like, oh, yeah, there's, pro like, yes, there's two North American leagues, but, like, there's also the Swedish league, the SDHL. There's also the Finnish league, the, the Nassim Liga. I'm probably pronouncing it horribly wrong. Um, the Russian league, the RWHL. Um, There's a Korean league I found out today in doing research for tonight. And and here's and here's my main issue with it is again it's it's going back to the reason that you can't take women's hockey out of the Olympics. It's the biggest stage for the sport. This is when your fan who might not be a fan of women's hockey is listening. This mm-hmm. is how you reach them. If you mention the NWHL or the CWHL on an Olympic broadcast, somebody who might never ever have heard of it before is is then exposed to it and maybe they google it maybe they don't but maybe they google it or maybe they want to learn more or maybe during like a post game show you talk about oh yeah megan duggan who has this many points in the boston pride in the nwhl we've seen how good she is in her pro league in the off season and she's really and she's really translating that onto the olympic ice here for team usa i don't think that's hard to do like also on a personal note I started paying attention to women's hockey because of the 2014 Olympics. And when I was watching the 2014 Olympics, that's when I learned about the CWHL. That was my entry point because they mentioned it, because they talked about it. So I would agree, like post game, and I would even love to see during one intermission of every game have like a thing about professional women's hockey. Uh, what I don't know what they call them. This is why I don't go on TV. But yeah. you know what I mean? Like a like, graphic? Like a... a... A segment. That's what they're called. A segment about professional women's hockey and the other options out there outside of the Olympics. Because you're right. That is, this is the time. And I'm not saying they should never talk about the pro leagues during the broadcasts. The time is now. I had to say oh, it. I hate you. <laughs> But I see so many people harping on the fact that they don't say Megan Duggan of the Boston Pride or Megan Duggan or um, Hillary Knight of the Boston Pride or Marie-Philippe Poulin of the uh, Les Canadiens de Montreal. 
I think that's not the time to do it necessarily. I totally disagree with you on this one, man. I, think I totally disagree. I would much rather see a longer package about it to better inform people. Why not both? I just, I don't know. For some, I guess that's my initial, not even my initial, but like, as I've been thinking about it, that's where the, the, I struggle to say nuanced. I'm struggling to come up with the right word for this. It's that like the confusion of it, I guess. I, I, I guess if, if you're trying to fully immerse someone into the women's hockey landscape during the Olympics, you're not going to do it. You can't fully educate someone on the women's hockey scene in one Olympic game broadcast. You can't. And I don't think that's what people should try to do. But I do think that it's not hard to drop in a reference or two, a team name, a league name. You you have 10 seconds, like for a face-off, you can talk about, you know, Isabel Cup champion, Hillary Knight. I do not think it is hard to drop tidbits into a broadcast. And I've been listening to the NBCSN feed, the NBC feed, for most of the games. And I know the CBC people have said, you know, they talk about the CWHL on that one. And, they, and they've mentioned, like, other leagues. And I think... Whoever's been doing the streams for um, for a lot of the games that aren't on primetime or that like aren't on TV, um, they've been mentioning like pro leagues a little bit. Um, they have not really on the NBC feed. I don't. I don't think it's hard if they're doing it on other broadcasts. It shouldn't be hard for NBC. But the fact that they're not doing it makes me wonder if USA Hockey or the IOC or somebody has asked them specifically mm-hmm. not to, because like AJ. I would think knows about these leagues. Erica and Tessa definitely <laughs> do. They freaking played in them. So the fact that they're not being brought up in the in the post game really surprises me. And the fact that they're not being brought up during the play by play also surprises me because if you're if you're like a researcher for these broadcasts, like and I mean you Google Megan Duck and yeah, it's mostly going to be about her USA career, but like you're going to find stuff about the Boston Blaze. You're going to find stuff about the Boston Pride. You just have to be willing to go and learn about it which i as i'm saying might be the uh the tipping point there i think that's also something is like a the ioc may be saying like we don't want to get in the middle of this what's probably a mess because it is weird that erica doesn't bring it up at all or and tessa Tessa. yeah they both played in these leagues because i feel like they would be the people that when they are in the studio to me that's the best time And I think part of this comes from me being home with my parents last weekend and they know that we, that I cover and you and I cover both leagues and they were just like, as we were talking about the game as it was happening, because they watched the first period of USA Finland with me, they were like, oh wait, like, does she play, which league does she play for? Who does she play for? Like, wait, I thought the pride was in the CWHL. They're like, wait, the CWH, they were just like constantly confused but here's my thing, like, they know about them because you and I cover them. They know about them and they're trying to learn. And that's what I'm saying. And that's what needs to happen. I don't care if somebody doesn't understand the difference between the two leagues right away. I just want them to know about it. And that's a start. And you're not going to, like, if you just, even if you just drop passing mentions and people have to be confused for a year or two, I don't care. Because they know, and it's spreading the word. But I wonder if that confusion would turn people off more. The viewers at home... I don't care. ...getting confused, and then being like, wait, I just wanted to find out that player, and then giving up. 
I'd rather them have tried and failed than not tried at all. That sounded a little more inspirational <laughs> than I wanted it to, but you get my point. No, I do. <laughs> like, like I don't expect somebody. I don't expect a viewer to be a hockey expert. God knows I wasn't in 2014. I didn't know shit. Look at us now. I guess I would much rather see a intermission segment or it mentioned in the studio than during the gameplay. You'd rather there be a full package than just a passing reference. Yeah. And not even like a super detailed, like, here's all the nuances of it, but just a primer, an explainer on it during intermissions that gave it a little bit more depth. And I'm not saying like make them an expert, but just a little more context. Don't make the viewer do all the work. Like. and I and I agree with you on that and that I would like to see more like actual packages where they talk about the leagues and like, you know, bite-sized information that a viewer can process. However, I think that would be enhanced by passing references in the broadcast. Even if it's something that like maybe the viewer at first might be like, "Oh, I don't know what that is." And then you go into the intermission, you go into those like packages that maybe go into a little more detail and somebody who has already has that kind of in their brain already is like, "Oh, now I get it." Like, I think I think the two can work together in tandem, but it's just it's been frustrating watching the NBC feed that that hasn't been happening. Yeah, I would agree. I I mean I I, I want to stress again, it's not that I'm like okay with the fact that they're not mentioning these leagues. Mm-hmm. It annoys me. It drives me nuts. But I'm not, I guess, as mad as other people are. It's, and it's... I think it's been a while of it's been, like literally since game one, I've been trying to figure out why I'm like. Eh, like I, I'm okay with that. It's it's a different perspective from being a casual fan or a new fan versus being a diehard fan. Yeah. But I, but I think if you want to try and increase the fan base, you have to talk about it, and you have to expect that not everyone's gonna get it at first, and and that that's okay. We cover this for like our our side hustle. Like we do this a lot. We know shit. I still get confused about what's going on, like, and that's trying to keep up with everything. I can't imagine what it's like trying to be a a casual fan of this. It's a lot. I think the Olympics is the platform to try and bring more fans in, and they're not doing a very good job of it. We've talked about this a lot. I think it's time to move on to the next segment, Unless, unless you have any thoughts you want to wrap up with. I think I just keep coming back to the fact that they like even Erica and Tessa aren't talking about it. So it feels we could harp on it as much as we want. You and me and the Twitter sphere can harp on it as much as we want. But this has got to be coming from above. I agree. I sound like a conspiracy theorist. No, I think you're right because it's, it's all is coming from inside. (laughs) But really we can discuss the pros and cons of it as much as we want. And like, I honestly like loved this discussion, how we're both, on opposite sides of it. Mm -hmm. But I think you were so on the head where this has to be coming from the IOC or NBC or somebody is telling them, no, you can't talk about this. I think maybe NBC or USA Hockey. I don't know if the IOC cares enough about the pro leagues to do it. I would not be shocked if USA Hockey or like the, I don't know, this this is again very conspiracy theorist, the NHL, because like we've heard from so many people how they want like one league from players and past players and like the NHL itself. Do they want one league instead of two? 
So maybe the thing is, like, oh, we're not going to talk about it on national TV until there's one league. Almost like an ultimatum to the leagues. This is super conspiracy theorist shit. Jesus, we Uh, should put our tin hats on. (laughs) I don't know if this is true or not. It's just very strange to me that there's just been no mentions at all. Colleges have been mentioned. Izzy's. On other broadcasts, it's been mentioned. In the United States, NBC has not said a peep about it. That's very strange to me. Moving on. We're going to do, we're going to continue uh, the segment that we did last week, which was the start bench cut, uh, which was introduced to us by at Andrew Heza, at Iron Heza on Twitter. His name is Andrew, that we really had a lot of fun with last week, and we got more suggestions this week for um, uh, combinations that we could play. If you did not listen to last week's episode, um, we did a segment called Start Bench Cut, where we got three women's hockey players and we had to choose who we would start, who we, who we would bench, and who we would cut. Pretty self-explanatory. Um, it's like the other game that, that Michelle, I keep trying to call it. That Michelle always gets it confused with, which is hysterical. And they're good this week. Yo! Thing. They're, I, I think they're harder than last week. Um, so Andrew at Iron Heza sent us four more. Last week he sent us four. This week he sent us four more. Do you have Ariana's or um, at Ari Ooh. at Red Twenty Nines? Yeah, Ariane. Ariane, please tweet us and tell us how to say your name. I, we're butchering it every week. I feel like, and please, please tell us how to say it. <laughs> um, her sister gave me. Her and her sister actually are the ones that gave me the stump Hannahs for whatever we do it again. I take it. Her back. sister is at Lexi D Twenty Nine. How dare you? <laughs> how They've dare been playing you? us back and forth. They, that's that's true. They have given me a couple. That's fair. They gave me they gave you the um the pronunciation or the spelling one, which yeah. was probably one of my favorite ones that we've done. Start bench cut, Newkirk, Lonergan, Kent. Uh, if you're not in the college hockey sphere, those are all players on BC. They're all freaking insane. I don't, I, I don't. Start Lonergan. I think it's Lonergan. Lonergan. It's Katrin. Lon- I think it's like a super Irish name because it's Katrin. Start. Oh, shit. Start Lonergan. Bench. Kent. Cut. Newkirk. God, that's so hard. Start Lonergan. Bench. Newkirk. Cut. Kent. Can I start them what? all? No, that's not the game. I want to start them all. I don't want to cut anyone. Yo, this next one is dope. Okay, the next one is Bozik, Carpenter, Stack. Hmm. Which, like, isn't even fair. Uh, see, this one for me is easier than the one before. Start, Stack, Bench, Carpenter, Cut, Bozik. Start, Carpenter, Bench, Bozik, Cut, Stack. I'm sorry. Did you just cut Kelly Stack? <laughs> yeah, I did. What the hey, hell? Hey, at least she made my team on, like, Team USA. Holy shit. <laughs> no, you this... didn't. You cut her. <laughs> oh, I get what you're saying. <laughs> well, but like in theory, she was like my Bozak. She was on the centralization side. roster. You just cut her before final roster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's cruel. Poor Kelly Stack, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. Kelly Stack listens to us. Kelly Stack, if you listen to us, please tweet let us, us know. And let us know because I'm going to die. Um, I can't believe you cut Kelly Stack. Anyways. Uh, next you one. caught Megan Bozak. I'm, it was Bozak Carpenter. A stack. It was hard. 
Next one. I don't like this next one. Trevino, Smelker, Gallardi. I want Michelle to go first on this one. No! You know this I don't team? even want to do this one. You know this team better than I do. Yeah, but because of that, like, I also, like, have personal feelings about all of that. <laughs> okay. Uh, start Trevino. I love them all too much. Start Trevino, bench Gallardi, cut Smelker. That was hard. I almost flipped Smelker and Gallardi. Really? Huh. Yeah. I like Smelker. I feel like she should uh, get a little more credit than she usually gets. She's been just a little quieter than I would have liked her to be this season. Everybody in the Boston Pride has been quieter this season. Yo, you better hope Kaylee Fratkin is listening again after what <laughs> you said sorry, about her last sorry, Kaylee. Week. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Kaylee, if you're listening, <laughs> hi. If you're, if you're listening, I'm hiding under a rock. Start Trevino, bench Gallardi, cut Smelker. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, think, but I think Gallardi has very much stepped up this season as a leader, both on and off the ice, and has just been really strong on the ice to the point where I can't cut her. But Smelker has been pretty quiet. Um, she's also taken a few weird penalties, I think. Hmm. Anyway. This next one, I hate. With the fiery passion of a thousand suns. I think this is the, I think this is the hardest one we've had. Victoria Bach, Alina Mueller, Daryl Watts. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Holy shit. Jesus. Well you have to start Watts. Okay, I'm gonna start Watts, I'm gonna bench Bach, and I'm gonna cut Mueller. Michelle, I don't know why. Why do you hate Alina Mueller? I yeah, this is the second time I've Why do you hate Alina Mueller? <laughs> because every time the people she's put with, I can't justify keeping her over them. The the problem with this one is, is I started Alina Mueller over Murray Fully-Pulon <laughs> last week. And so if I pick anyone else besides Alina Mueller, I'm going to get hate tweeted. <laughs> Hey, They're gonna please. be like, "How'd you pick Mueller over Poulin?" And then you started Daryl Watts, and I'm gonna be like, "Don't judge me." Are have... you saying that Daryl Watts is better than Marie Philippe? <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what people are gonna say, and I'm gonna be like, "No, that wasn't no." Oh shit! Here's my problem. See, Here's they're gosh. both so good. I'm th- Bach and Watts are both so good for their college teams. And Mueller hasn't played in the NCAA yet, I so I don't have a comparison for her for the other two. Because, like, Mueller is to Team Switzerland, I'd say, what Watts is to BC and what Bach is to BU. So, and that's why this one is so hard for me, because each one is very clearly their number one star. And so it's... Oh, shit. I wish... Start Watts... Bench, Mueller, cut, Bach. That was so freaking hard. Do you know what I, if I, in a perfect world, Victoria Bach isn't a senior. She's a junior and has one more year and uh... comes back. So we can see her with Mueller. We can see her with Barnes. We can see her with Flanagan. All the players that have been lost to centralization in NCAA. Yo, do you realize that next season NCAA is going to be lit? It's going to be lit as hell. It's going to be so sick. Everyone's going to be back. I just, I wish Victoria Bach was not a senior, too. Oh, my God. I'd love to see her with next year's group. Especially, right. like, oh, shit. Augusta, Megan Augusta, Marie-Philippe Poulin, Melody Daou. That is, this is very hard because they've all 
shit. I'm going to cut Poulin again. <laughs> You're the worst because I'm going to start her. I'm going on this tournament. You say yours and then I'll say mine. Start Poulin. Bench. Doe. Cut Augusta. I'm going to start Dao. Bench Augusta. Cut. You're going to cut Poulin. I'm giving you my squishy, judgy face again, just uh, so you know. I've gotten the numbers to back me up. Give me a second. You have, as the youth are saying these days, the receipts. I have, as the kids say, the receipts. Okay, okay, we're back, we're back. Melanie Dao is the number three player in scoring this Olympics, okay? She's the number one scorer on Team Canada with six points in four games. You know the two players ahead of her? They're both from Switzerland. You know who the number one scorer in this tournament is? Alina Mueller, Michelle. Fight me. Benching Alina Mueller. Horseshit. <laughs> I will say, I will say, Marie-Philippe Poulin is ahead of Megan Augusta in points by one. Marie-Philippe Poulin has five. Megan Augusta has four. So maybe I don't cut Poulin. Maybe I bench her instead of cutting her. But I'm starting, Dao. Fight me. <laughs> oh, this is too fun. Okay, last one before we sign off. Uh, I like this one because it is goaltenders. And it's three goaltenders. And we've had a, we had one last week where there was one goalie and a group of two others. And that was kind of hard because they're not the same positions. I like this one because it's three goalies. Nora Ratu, Florence Schelling... Shannon Zavados. Oh, you didn't see her other one then. Did you see her her American goalies? I did see that. I feel like we've talked about that before though, and I like this true. one because it's it's a different teams. Start Zavados, bench Ratu, cut Shelling, 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 Shelling. I'm Shelling. <laughs> I'm Florence Shelling. What are you doing? I don't know. I think I'm pretty sure that I want to cut Shelling. I'm a little conflicted between whether I'm starting Ratu or Zabados. I think I'm going to start Ratu again, though. This is like very, it's very close. Like both, I'd, I'd say those two are fairly equal in terms of skill. I just, I'm a Nora Ratu fan. I would like to see, I mean, and we've seen what she's done for Conlon and the CWHL. We see what she does for Finland. Oh, so All right, should we shine off? Yes. Shine off. Shine on. Shine on. Um, shine on. Shine on. Shine on. Shine on. Oh, my God. I don't know whether I'm going to cut that or not. <laughs> um. Okay. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Uh-huh. Oh, now I got to start over because you will. Oh, my God. I have 2% battery. <laughs> Girl, plug in your phone. I can't because I'm plugged into my headphones. Are you shitting me? I'm. Okay. I have. Okay. Right. Okay. God, son of a bitch. Um, thank you for listening to the Ice Garden. <laughs> um. Oh my God, this is not the Ice Garden. <laughs> thank you for listening to Top Shelf. If you have questions you want to hear on the mailbag next week, please 
tweet them at Michelle and I on Twitter using the hashtag Top Shelfie. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Hannah underscore Beavis One. That's B E V I S. And you can find Michelle at Michelle J underscore Three. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, you can listen to us on iTunes. We're under, I believe, the Ice the Garden. Ice Garden Podcasts. We're under the Ice Garden Podcasts. By the time you're listening to this, our Patreon will have launched. Um, if you'd like to support us on Patreon, please, if you listen to these podcasts and you enjoy them, um, please consider supporting. Uh, we put a lot of time into this, and we'd like to have better microphone equipment so Michelle doesn't have to use her iPhone headphones. Um, and, and be at 1% battery by the end of the call. And we also have some great uh, extra content that we'd like for you to be able to have access to. Um, we're going to do a special gold medal episode for the gold medal, so stay tuned. It's going to be freaking bomb. I cannot wait. I think that's it. Michelle has 1% battery. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon. Uh, bye. Bye. The Ice Garden. I found these alcohol recipes for, like, hockey things. Alcohol recipes? So Those are called drinks. I found drink recipes. I've had probably a glass of wine before we recorded, which is not usually happening. So I'm like mid-podcast form right now.